0: You are now tuned into the anxious ambition podcast where you'll be hearing raw and unfiltered conversations with those who struggle with mental illness but refuse to let that get in the way of them achieving their dreams our hope is that by hearing their stories you're inspired to do more here are their stories anxious
1: ambition
0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Anxious Ambition podcast. I'm your host Justin Allen, and if you guys don't know, a big part of what we do at Anxious Ambition is we like to donate a portion of our proceeds to NAMI, which is uh, the National Alliance, National Alliance on Mental Illness. And today we are lucky enough to have Chance Savant on, who has been on before we first started the podcast. Um, you know, Chance is the executive director at the Southwest Louisiana nami chapter and uh lucky to have mine welcome to the show chance
2: thanks for having me man thanks for having me i'm excited to be here
0: oh yeah if you're an original listener you do know chance we uh <laughs> we, we did the first two episodes together and then and i think then like COVID happened like we just talk, we did. were just talking about off air that we just came in strong yeah hard um speaking of nami i mean people that don't know obviously you're you're Perfect person to ask. What is it? Um, yeah, I guess what is it? What is NAMI?
2: So, like you said, NAMI is a National Alliance on Mental Illness. It is a. It is actually one of the largest national in the United States of America grassroots nonprofit organizations. It was founded in nineteen. Oops, I don't exactly remember the date. Um, seventy-eight or sixty-three. Sure. I haven't had to say it in about two weeks, um, <laughs> but it was founded in Wisconsin by uh, 72 local people from a small town where they just started gathering to really talk about mental illness and talk about mental health and ways that they can provide um, resources and uh, a lot of like outpatient um, kind of group therapy sessions. And so now it is all over the United States. I mean, every state ca- has about eight to 15 NAMIs throughout its entire state. And each of the affiliates um, cover certain amount of parishes or counties. Uh, and they just provide educational courses. They provide uh, support groups. They provide um, like seminars for schools. Uh, they go from youth, to ad- like adolescents, to elderly, um, anyone that is affected with mental illness and their family can be uh, catered to the needs that we provide. And that's probably my favorite part about NAMI, is that every single thing we have for an individual with mental illness, we have it verbatim for their family members. So not only can we help you walk a life of living well, like mentally well, mm-hmm. we can also help your support system understand better so let's say if you were to take our family to family class while your loved ones would be taking the family family class which is like a 12 eight to 12 weeks just depends on what your affiliate wants to do the individual will be taking peer-to-peer which will be uh kind of like an environment with depending on your how big your affiliate is could be 10 Mm -hmm. to 20 people um, and you learned all about mental illnesses, you learn coping mechanisms, you learn crisis strategy training, you learn a lot of things, and your family is learning the exact same stuff you are. But oh. it's not so much pointed, it's more of like, this is how to love someone, this is how to support them, this is how, where they need, what they need, this is their medicine, what kind of medicine. I mean, they do everything. Our NAMI does housing. So we have a couple of apartment complexes. That actually provide homes for people with mental illness. Wow. And we also do free um, medicine. We can pay for if it's not like a benzo, something that's like extremely addictive. Mm-hmm. Um, we will pay for your prescriptions. And we work wow. a lot with homeless. We work a lot with the we uh, work a lot with the police jury and the sheriff's department. I mean we just we're everywhere in schools, hospitals, nursing homes. Anywhere uh, we can get our foot through the door, we're there talking about mental illness.
0: So that's awesome. all it is.
2: Yeah.
0: It's, it's amazing. I mean, the, the main things I hear, is it, the family part's huge too. I think just thinking about, you know, someone like myself that deals with some mental illness and yourself, your family typically doesn't understand it or maybe doesn't validate it. If, you know, and something yeah. like if for them to get educated, not just off like Googling, you know, what, what anxiety is or depression or whatever. They can actually get some actual resources. And I think not only would that validate, it would feel good for the person that is struggling, you know, to know like, like hey, this is actually what's going on. I'm not just bullshitting you. And, yeah. you know, that, that that's 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 amazing.
2: Yeah, it is. That was one of the first things that, so I interned with NAMI as a, mm-hmm. a senior in undergrad. And then when I graduated, they offered me a full-time position and I remember just falling in love with the mission, which is to strive, educate, advocate, and support all those affected with mental illness and their families. And that to me was just like, because I remember my own journey with Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, moving away for college and then trying to tell my parents that I was like suffering greatly from like a lack of mental health, like a lack of mental wellness. And they were just like, oh, it's just the world. Like, it's just the world you live in. Mm -hmm. And I mean, (laughs) now they are very profound supporters of mental health and they check in, but like, I guess they were both boomers, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And so like, there wasn't really a lot of conversation that they had growing up where they had that open environment to talk about what they needed. And so uh, I think it's really great to witness families support their loved ones because if you don't, you know, suffer from, any kind of mental illness or like any kind of brain disorder you really only like you can't understand and the best way to understand is empathy so that's what we can provide like mm-hmm. every thing presented and taught and given out by nami you have someone who is affected with mental illness and then you have a loved one like someone who does not mm-hmm. have mental illness like they present together they talk everything is given by those two people oh, and wow. so you get like a, you get like it's like you're not flipping a coin you're going to get every side like every single time. Um, and I don't know, I just think that's, that's radical in my eyes. I don't know why. That's just something that I fell in love with. Because what other way to assess the problem than telling not just someone how to do something, but showing like, you can mm-hmm. tell like, what's that stupid saying, You can lead a horse to water and drink, but if whatever,
0: yeah, if you right, give right. a
2: horse water to drink, but if you lead a water to drink, it will drink forever, right. right? Water to drink. <laughs>
0: But so I, I smell you're stepping in yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly
2: yeah, right, right,
1: right.
0: I know what you're saying,
2: yeah, so I mean Nami is pretty great, it's awesome it's also a 501 c charity, so donate, put that on your tax refund everything is you get money back, yeah, right off it's a great it's a great great, great, great organization that really strives to better the community
0: absolutely how did you I mean Obviously, I could feel the passion. Why are you so passionate about mental health? I mean, obviously, you have your own story.
2: So I am passionate about mental health because I grew up in a very, very small um, country town population of 2,000 people, and that's now. (laughs) When I grew up... I literally
0: graduated with with 2,000 people.
2: I graduated with 60 people, and I had known all of them since the day I was born. Um, And so... Uh, there was never, there was a mold that I, you had to fit in to survive there. And it's not very hard to survive in kinder too. Let me say that first of all. Um, but that certain mold doesn't allow you to communicate your emotions and feelings, and it doesn't allow you to express your needs. And that was something I never knew I really struggled with until I left for college And I had to kind of ask for what I needed and talk to people and kind of let people in on what was going on in my mind. Like I suffered alone for all these years. And then I met kind of people who didn't grow up the way I grew up. And they grew up in larger cities where mental health was talked about. Mm -hmm. Like we had a counselor and she was an amazing, inviting woman, but she didn't, she didn't like you didn't go see her to like get counseled and to like get advice you saw her to like get your ACT scores and apply to college
0: yep yep that's how it was for me yep
2: so like once I realized all these things and people were talking to me about their mental health and I started talking about my mental health and I guess once I honestly was just submerged in openness about mental health was when I finally like Stop suppressing like all this trauma that I've been through everything that I've been like caused me to have like PTSD to anxiety and to like depression and not to mention I didn't really have I didn't really struggle with depression very much until I got to college and that was mostly because I wasn't being like I wasn't prioritizing myself there's a million things going on when you move out and you're working full-time and you're a student full-time and you're like living the best life you've ever had. Mm -hmm. So like when you fall, you fall far. And that's what had happened. And I just asked for help one day. And I remember I had to ask my family and they just didn't really know what to do. And that's when I realized that I was never going to not be able to know what to do. And that's why I wanted to always go into mental health because I wanted to be that for someone. And for the longest time I wanted to be a school counselor and I wanted to move back to kinder and become a school counselor there and change mm-hmm. up like how people talk. But I think thankfully now we are in a world um, where mental health is, it's talked about a lot more and I don't think the need is there. I think people are expressing, um, I'm pretty sure every single kid in, high, in school right now, like um, grade school probably has anxiety um, I actually read something don't quote me on this but I read it maybe like a couple four five months ago and it was mm-hmm. like for the first time ever in the world when covid happened every single person finally experienced a form of anxiety for the first yeah. time in their life. And I was like facts because <laughs> every like I remember so many of my friends are like I'm just so anxious and I was like oh welcome to the party. Like, You've yeah. been anxious for 15 years and mm-hmm. you're just experiencing it but so like i think now it is a lot more open and uh my end goal is to become a licensed therapist uh, i am planning on going back to grad school to get my master's in social work become a clinical social worker and then get my license to uh, be a therapist
1: awesome.
2: because i want to work one-on-one and mm. i want to have i want to someone for the first time in my life created an environment for me when i was 20 years old to talk about what i needed to talk about and that stuff that i kept in my head forever things that i like I never opened up about and to that day i've always felt like i just needed to pay that forward mm-hmm. because i think everyone deserves to be in an environment at least once in their life where it is fully inviting and it is fully open and it is fully involved and so I know a number one way to help mental health is to provide those environments. And it was provided to me. And I think it is just my just duty to pay it forward. You know,
0: it's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And also like, thank you for even getting into that field because, you know, as someone that has seen a therapist and things like, it's just so, you're so grateful for people that are willing to do that, you know, hearing other people's traumas and problems and, while you have your own struggles you know um and things like that let's let's go back a little bit i mean do you remember when you first started experiencing like anxiety you know cuz you said depression was kind of a bit later in life um like do you have any like moments that kind of stand out
2: uh, probably middle school like right oh, wow. when okay. puberty started hitting uh i would wake up and i would just feel very just, I would call it nervous because I didn't sure, know right. that was what anxiousness felt like. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't attacks. I didn't have a tax until I got to high school because I was never processing my anxiety and working through it. Mm-hmm. I have a very overactive mind. It runs 24-7, never stops. Feel that. Um, And I was also like, I was supposed to be prescribed Adderall at a very young age, but my parents didn't like the way it made me a zombie. So I just kind of like didn't really... Know how to stop all that. And I would say, probably the first time I ever really experienced anxiety and kind of like called attention to it in my own mind that maybe I wasn't nervous was my first day of middle school. I was like, I mean, we're a small town, moving up to middle school is a big deal. Mm So, like, I remember being super anxious and like, I remember shaking so much, and I remember my heart racing the entire day. And I, as soon as I got home, I was just finally relieved. Mm -hmm. I was finally in a place that was comforting. It was, it wasn't anything new. And I remember just kind of like talking to my friend and just being like, man, I just felt awful today. Like, I don't know why. I remember wanting to throw up at one point because my stomach was just in like, I couldn't like, so I described my anxiety as like my heart is just like in my stomach the entire time. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, clenched and it's just like burning I get a very weird burning sensation um and that's usually when I know I'm about to have an attack is my heart will drop and my stomach will just like tighten up and get knots in and I'll be like oh I gotta go I gotta walk out I gotta like breathe I have to go right I have to like just scream (laughs) I have to get out of this environment make myself comfortable and so I was expressing that and they had kind of had a more uh kind of i don't know how to say this lightly but they had a more rougher childhood Mm -hmm. so they had um been they had been to therapists before for trauma related things Mm -hmm. and they had been told at a very young age what anxiety was and when um they told me try not to drop any pronouns keeping it very confidential um yep (laughs) when they told me uh kind of like what that experience was after that i remember thinking like man like i i've been anxious my entire life like in sports but like all that stuff is okay like everyone gets like i mean it's not okay you should always talk about when you're feeling anxious but like you know everyone experiences anxiety in like
0: different capacities um
2: yeah and also in different environments so like of course you're gonna get anxious when you have a sport sporting event or a test or something like everyone experienced that. But to live anxious every single day is when you have like a general anxiety disorder. That's when you have a brain disorder that you need to work every day on, betting yourself, figuring out what helps for you, what fixes, coping mechanisms, 100%, get them down. and uh, so yeah, I was very young, probably about 12, 13, 11 any of those three years i couldn't tell you right now off the top of my head what age i was in sixth grade but i was one <laughs> I of those
0: sounds I about right 14.
2: yeah i was probably 11 i was 11 yeah i was 13 in eighth grade because i turned i got my yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah because yeah, sophomore year know. for us is like 16 ish yeah you're you're in the ballpark yeah yeah i was i was a preteen yeah <laughs>
2: that's all i know i wasn't wasn't anything much but yeah and i guess And sometimes I make this joke a lot with um, work. I'm like, I used to be so aggravated that like I would experience anxiety at a young age. Whereas now when I wake up anxious, I literally, I know that I'm going to have an attack. And I don't know what changes in your brain chemistry that goes Mm -hmm. from feeling just general anxiety to like having actual attacks that hold you back from performing and like Mm -hmm. being yourself. Right. And maybe it's you grow up and you the stressors get piled on. It's not sporting events anymore. It's not a test. It's bills. It's work. It's expectations. It's life. Mm-hmm. It's part, like relationships. It's everything. And um, but damn, I wish I could go back to feeling you know, what I used to feel compared to what I experience now as a 25 year old adult. And um and I'm not trying to downplay either of them, like your anxiety anxiety. Yeah, right. Yeah, just want to cross that over. I don't want to get canceled for.
0: Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> we all right? Um, thinking, I mean, like what you just said. I mean, it wasn't. I guess not as bad as a kid, but like, do you remember like your lowest point? Like, what was like the the hardest part in your journey uh, so far? Anxiety, yeah. Or yeah. just like in general, med- mental health. Yeah, mental health in general. Like your depression. Was it depression for sure? Yeah.
2: Was losing my will to live was probably the hardest thing i've ever experienced um and that was when i was 22 so and this year 25 has been very awful um i have experienced anxiety to the point where i had to talk to my doctor about getting a sedative like i take trazodone now to fall asleep and he also prescribed me a benzo but i'm very careful with that because i come from a family that kind does have an addictive gene so like I only take I will only take it if I can't like make it through it and I can make it through it but yeah it was it was definitely my junior year of college Um, I had kind of lost my identity I didn't know who I needed to be Um, I had been on my own for about three years at that time Mm -hmm. and I had been working and going to school and I just fell into I guess a pit of like, this is the rest of my life. All I'm going to do is work. Like I'm never gonna get to be a kid. I'm never gonna be carefree anymore. Like I'm graduating next year and I don't even know if I wanna do this. Like Mm -hmm. there's just so many questions. And the only question I needed to answer was how to love myself. And I didn't know how to do that, especially as someone who spent literally all of his adolescence to a little bit of his young adult life closeted like I didn't mm-hmm. like come out to my friends until I was I graduated college like I still like I was obviously gay but like I like didn't tell anybody about it sure. until I graduated college that was when I started having conversations with people because i had fell into such a very deep darkness from not being able I wouldn't let people love me I can my friends used to always tell me this all the time like chance you love us so well but like I don't think one day you've ever let us love you and that was just because I was you know walled up so mm-hmm. when I lost my will to live and I wanted to die and I had accepted uh kind of about 6 months of really radical suicidal ideology to where I think I could have if my roommate at the time wouldn't have told my parents I don't think I would have ended my life anytime soon but I had gotten to the point where I was writing I had written letters. Mm, wow. I was just literally, I was also very Catholic and I would spend most of my time praying for God to be like, hey, you oh, need wow. to either kill me or I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. You know, it was, oh shit. Sorry. <laughs> it's
1: all good. <laughs> <laughs> These That's wire God. It, it's God it's bro. smiting. I seen it's this smiting. It's Is that?
2: Yeah. I was <laughs> like, I remember that.
1: <laughs> just. <laughs> Do you uh, feel yeah, like I added?
0: Did you feel like added? Do you feel like the Catholic anti-gay type thing added to it too?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, One yeah. hundred. Yeah. You can't 100%. like. percent.
0: Like I'm just thinking, I'm you came from not. a small ass town. Like I could just see, Catholic. like, I mean, I don't want to be. Yeah, I'm going to be judgmental. Like I see Southern. Maybe one track. Mo- yes, very right. Very maybe anti <laughs> no, and white. Catholics. White, but they said right. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, not that, white, that, ma- yes, not that it matters. Not that that yeah. matters, but but very like anti. No, yes,
2: right. It is one thing or the other. And right. I do have a very profound relationship with God as mm-hmm. a openly like queer person, mm-hmm. and uh, and it it took a very long journey and it was kind of annoying that like I never actually went into prayer about my sexuality. And the one time I ever did that in my entire life, I didn't get the response I thought I was going to get. I got overwhelming pours of love. Like it was so, it was just really, really amazing experience. And, Mm -hmm. uh, so I definitely do think that Catholicism, the, The men and women, mortal humans, have decided what is right and wrong, but I don't think that is what, like, a Christian believer should believe. And I'm not going to knock if you are radically homophobic. Whatever. uh there's about two thousand people in this town that feel the same (laughs) way. I'm just kidding. Don't (laughs) put that in there.
0: (laughs) I'm not cutting it out.
2: No, but I definitely think um, being told ever since I was little that um, there's, you know, only two sins that get you sent to hell: killing yourself and being gay. Wow! And those are literally what two the of the, the sins that I remember experiencing, and wow. um, and I think that is what held me back. And you know, what's the craziest thing? Most of the I had a lot of, I like traveled like the United States on retreats. Like I've gone on mission trips. Like I've done a lot mm-hmm. of ministry. I was really into it. Cause I was like, well, I can't be gay. I'm just going to love God. <laughs> so yeah. like, because that's what they tell you to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: And, um, the people that I met, the prof, the beautiful souls and the amazing people that I've encountered, my best friends, every single one of them. That when I told them loved me in the most beautiful ways. And it's so stupid that I listened to people my entire life instead of and in, and that's what I think religion is. It's man-made. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very I mean, it, a bit more spiritual is. than okay. I am religious.
1: Same. So,
2: like, am I Christian? Yes. Am I Catholic? Yes, because I've done all the sacraments. It's the religion I know the best, but I don't practice it. I don't receive, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but The people that I encountered, and thank God for my generation, they didn't care. They kind of knew from the jump that, like, there's no way you can tell someone who they can love. Uh, And once we get past this notion that it's a choice, that'd be pretty nice. Um, So, and that's what I heard a lot growing up, especially from the church, that gay people chose to be gay. And I would always think, who the hell is out here choosing (laughs) to feel complete crap like that so it was doesn't make sense yeah and it's just those man ideas Uh, Mm -hmm. but yeah I definitely think growing up centered very around Catholicism kept me from really experiencing true love and Mm -hmm. true authenticity with the people in my life but I'm not gonna say I have any harshness to it because the church gave me some of the best people I know in my life, mm-hmm. and they have loved me very well from that day on, and that's all I could ask for. So, back again, it's your, it's how you love people individually. So, absolutely. Um, but also, I'm pretty sure, like, I, I would have to say that, like, being very religious. Also took a negative toll on my mental health because for the longest time i would just pray for god to heal my depression and anxiety mm-hmm. and all these awful things i was experiencing in reality like no tea no shade love you god but like he's already provided those ways to be healed mm. through therapy and medicine and like all these things that i wasn't doing i was just praying at all times and i know a right. lot of people who talk to me about that daily and they're like oh i just like i and it's kind of from a point where like they fall in out out of love with like their faith and mm-hmm. it's because they went to God over and over again and they weren't healed of depression and like I mean
1: so you, gotta you put can the only work do in? something yeah.
2: yeah you have to do the work like if you want to be mentally well you have to take the steps you have to it's just like living in recovery you have to do your steps and um, so it's a lot of things I just think I was placed in the very wrong state <laughs> To be who I am. I was even talking about that to my brother-in-law. He was like, where are you going to go after you finish grad school? And I was like, anywhere but here. And he was like, why? You, like He was like, you've always said that. And I was like, exactly. I was like, I've always, always known that I do mm-hmm. not belong in Southwest Louisiana. <laughs> Just because, I mean, even with mental health around here, dude, it's like, yeah. and I will say one thing. There's a lot of people around this town, this five parishes that i cover that do not think mental health is a real thing they think especially if you're a man oh my gosh if you're a man and you express your emotions god forbid you need to quit being a sissy and suck it up yep you need to go mow the field or something i don't know (laughs) (laughs) They like so like having like i probably see 70 percent of women And Mm -hmm. like 20% of men and every like man that I see is probably is usually around my age. They're not older, Mm
1: -hmm. not
2: older at all. And that's why I love family, the family, family courses, because like dads will go in there and they'll be like, I'm just here for my child. And they'll like accept mental illness and they'll accept like how to love someone through mental illness and mental health. And I don't know. I just think, and that's why I am passionate about mental health because I want to make it normalized in Louisiana, in Southwest Louisiana. There's like places like Baton Rouge and New Orleans. Um, sure. They're more like, they're not so right. They're not so like, just deal with it. They have the, they have the resources and they give them to you. And put little Southwest Louisiana, I don't know if you know this, but in 2020, not only did we have the pandemic, we got hit by two major hurricanes within a month time. Yeah, so my little town, my little sweet Lake Charles got absolutely gutted, (laughs) destroyed, it was awful. It was the saddest thing I've ever experienced. Hurricane Laura was a hurricane uh, category four. She just like wiped down. I haven't actually been to my NAMI office since August of 2020. Wow. I've been running Nami out of one of our apartments in Iowa. This month, they're finally finishing the um, renovations on Holy where I'm shit. going to be starting. Month. Yeah. And then we had a major ice storm in February.
0: You guys, like get, you guys don't get that, months. right?
2: No. Okay. I was it was the same. No, I have one last like week. <laughs> for, yeah.
0: How are you sick? It.
2: it was like. I had to take care of my uncle, and the lights went out. It was 13 degrees in that house. What 13 degrees? I was like, I've never experienced this a day in my life. It snowed, it like, there was a snowstorm. I didn't even know lightning and thunder could happen in snow. I thought it just snowed peacefully. I didn't know. I didn't know it was a thing either. (laughs) it was like i mean my friends were outside just playing in the snow and they like, like lightning was coming down and i was like this is the end of the world like yeah, this yeah. is the <laughs> absolute apocalypse
1: yeah
0: <laughs> like, fucking frogs are going to start or whatever crickets are falling from the sky
2: yeah so Jesus. like southwest louisiana has been hit very hard like i don't wow. remember if it was before the snowstorm it was after the snowstorm we had a major flood happen in lake charles and people who had just rebuilt their homes Eight months ago from Laura and then they got wiped out from Laura. Four weeks later, Delta came in, who was a category three, destroyed what they did. And wow. then eight months later, snowstorm, and then a like it got up to like six feet of water in Lake Charles. And that don't quote me on that, it might be higher. Wow. I just know people's homes like my friends were like like wading through the water trying to survive. Like it was it was
0: oh my god, it was
2: intense. And they're like they don't they didn't have their houses finished. So, like, everything just got pushed back. So, like, right now, I cannot wait to, because, like, if ever there was a need for mental health, it is now. Because people are finally experiencing anxiety and extreme depression from just, like, things that are out of their own control. Like, you can't control the freaking weather. Right. So, like, and I can't wait. So, like, thankfully now, I'm not going to say thankfully because I'm not going to thank any of that catastrophes that happened sure um there is a lot of need for resources around lake charles and the surrounding areas because there is a lot of trauma i mean people are still homeless some people are still living in campers trying to rebuild their homes since august of 2020 i
0: was gonna say yeah that's insane did you it was ida around that time too or is that like did you guys get hit Hurricane with
2: Hurricane Ida was last year. She hit uh, – didn't Ida Girl hit uh, New Orleans and Lafayette? They got uh, – the yeah. east of Louisiana got hit okay. really hard this year in 2021. Okay. Wow. They got – Lafayette and Homa and all them, they got hit very hard. And it was very sad. I mean, just watching what happened to us. And we wrote out – like, my parents live uh, like 45 minutes north of Lake Charles. Okay. And I remember – Hurricane Laura was supposed to bring uh, a like storm surge of like 20 something feet.
1: Like it was, what?
2: it was awful. It was terrifying. And we wrote it out. My nephew was like six months old and we wrote it out in this house. And uh, I mean, it was an experience for sure. But like yeah. people, I just, it's just crazy to believe that that happened all to us while dealing with a global pandemic. Yeah. And um, it kind of sucks because we're not, we're not new Orleans so like it didn't trend anywhere no one talked about I had no idea yeah
0: no
2: No one talked about like and I remember just feeling like the hopelessness that this community felt was just I wasn't living in Lake Charles at the time I was back in kinder with my roommate in my apartment Mm -hmm. and but like all my friends who like had lived in Lake Charles their entire life they lost their family homes like they lost everything like some of them didn't even move back they just left because like and like, that's normal for the coast, of course, the coastline, yeah, but like, not an hour and 15 minutes off the coast. Yeah, that's for a, it's,
0: yeah, it's, so it's, it's hard for me to wrap my head around this. It's just, it's, it's insane. It's crazy. Yeah. It
2: was absolutely bonkers, bro. We didn't have electricity for like a month. There was that Holy running shit. water. One of the casinos in Lake Charles is on a boat, on a barge, the yeah. Al It literally, uplifted the barge and shoved it underneath the I-10 bridge. And if you want to know a fun fact, the I-10 bridge is actually one of, like, it's in the top 10 most deadliest bridges in the world. Why is it? um, Because they built it it a very long time ago and I don't really think (laughs) they had engineering. And this is the infrastructure. It's one of those bridges that just goes straight up and down. Oh. so Yeah. And the Isle of Capri literally was wedged underneath it. And, like, some of the, like, we're a huge like plant industry like it's very much like over that bridge is like nothing but plants and like natural gas And know uh, like a lot of that there were spills i mean there was not clean water in lake charles for months wow. and people were just surviving like we survived off of mres i couldn't even imagine what Ugh. people survived off of in lake charles and we were 40 minutes away yeah. from like that i like the main catastrophe it was awful so i can't wait to get to tend to all their needs because as soon as that happened i remember thinking maybe now a lot of people will like be able to express Mm
1: -hmm. because
2: they have a lot of trauma from what they experienced and they're going to need help and not to mention a lot of the treatment facilities got destroyed in lake Charles, like a lot of the behavioral hospitals did not mm. make it through. Nothing made it through Hurricane Laura. Wow. <laughs> that girl was intense. It's like 170 degree degrees, 170 mile per hour wind.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: A bullet. Like, it's I, like I, I one of
1: the biggest hurricanes in the world.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I had no idea. I don't know if I'm just ignorant or, like you said, it wasn't in the news. No, but... it
2: was not talked about. We are a very small town. Like we got it trending on Twitter. I remember like Southwest Louisiana was like tweeting like crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, like pray for like Charles, pray for like Charles, pray for like Charles. Like I remember if we tried everything, no one noticed, no publicity. Like it was, we just survived on our own. Texas and Alabama and Arkansas. I remember like the entire South, like from Texas to like Virginia sent in, each like 35 like I can't even tell you their correct number but we had utility men come from all over the south. I remember I-10 on the way I-10 west
1: mm-hmm. was
2: completely backed up cuz people were just coming in with utility vehicles to like just try to help mm-hmm. bring back electricity quicker than anything. Like it was awful. It was crazy. Oh my gosh. Hurricane Laura did not mess around.
0: So were you guys operating at all during this? Like not like no i didn't
2: go to work for nine months oh wow yeah i didn't go to work wow. from august to late april i did not work with nami because there was nothing there was nothing in like i didn't even go to like charles yeah for like eight months because i was like if you drove around like charles you're gonna pop your tire because there's nails all on the freaking road oh, from like pure God, destruction yeah about
0: that. Jesus.
2: it was it was crazy and it was and so like now getting back to my community and providing a lot of resources for people to talk, like I do see just like such a large influx of need.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's
2: good because before, no one really took mental health serious other than like a select handful of treatment facilities and people who went kind of like, away for college and they moved back and they like created um support groups and they created nonprofits, and they created all these things mental health is not a very big thing in louisiana it's Mm -hmm. i mean it's not like desolate like you can find mental health but it's not in my eyes mental health should be talked about every single day it should be talked about every single chance you get like Like it is what you like screw talking about politics talk about mental health like that's all i want to see on my news is like where like who this is interview therapists like do these things mm. not about what doesn't really matter and now it is something that is really matters in mm-hmm. southwest Louisiana and I think it was because a lot of people finally experienced not being mentally well mm-hmm. and thankfully it was more of circumstantial right. than like brain chemistry right so um But still, that same experience gives you empathy. And that's how you fix people is through empathy. And that's how you provide what you need to provide to them.
0: Yeah, I mean, besides obviously, all the disasters you spoke about, my takeaway is like, you know, we talked about COVID and, and, you know, the hurricane, making these people who, you know, it's, it's obviously sucks, but it's a blessing in a sense that everyone, you know, maybe got a little taste of what A lot of people deal with every single day all day that like you said it gives them empathy it gives them i mean even people i know that like you know like people that know about what i do and they're like damn like i experienced anxiety i didn't know what this was it's like yeah yeah it's like i'm not like i don't want sympathy but like yeah like that's something people like me and maybe they deal with that every day like so have some sympathy for others too and yeah it's been like he said it's been horrible but obviously things came from all these disasters that are positive um i mean you yeah. guys are you guys are getting a new facility is that
2: i mean we're going to be plus? at one of our oh no the facility we were at done for not coming back <laughs> um yeah we lost everything and like Wow. My computers, all my work that I've been doing, like the programs oh, that that I've been sucks. working on for like three years, gone, Fuck. done for. I mean, like lost everything, dude. Damn. Um, and so like I, in the late April, I came on to start training to take over NAMI, be the official executive director, but it didn't, I didn't officially become the executive director until training So like just kind of like, Assessing what i need to be fixing in the last eight months was that uh like we need a really good facility so we're actually going to be running out of one of our mental health apartments
1: mm-hmm.
2: so like that's where we'll be doing a lot of our presentations because most of the people that live in the mental health have to also kind of be participants they don't have to it's not required but if you want to live mentally well, which is one of the requirements there, like you should go to the support groups, you should go to the classes, you should take these free, free resources yep. that are being provided to you and not take them for granted. Because once we start running, there's going to be a lot of people who have been taking them for granted who mm-hmm. don't live there, you know, they live outside of that in their everyday lives. And they're going to like we have like set limits of participants. So we'll be running it's I mean it's new because it was totaled yeah so it's like new everything but it's the exact same layout exact same place sure (laughs) it's not like anything like I'm not walking into a brand new office that I haven't seen before I'm walking into the same office that was there just new walls and new roofs and new
0: insulation yeah
2: Yeah.
0: I want to pivot a little bit um obviously it being January and um seasonal depression being a huge thing right now um for me personally I suffer from it uh, pretty bad um you know I have my coping mechanisms and things that I do just going to want to talk to you about that and pick your brain about it so like okay. yeah yo know, what's your thoughts on it
2: so I actually give a presentation on seasonal affective disorder because uh I think that might have been the first time I ever really experienced depression Mm -hmm. as like in my adolescence was during winters. Um, But as an adult, I'm more aware of it. And it is something that everyone is affected by. It is literally when you lack serotonin because the sun is not out as much. Like you can't hide from that. Unless you are like in space on a rocket ship around the sun 24 seven, you're probably going to run low on some serotonin. Mm -hmm. And so i think seasonal like i call it sad yeah right okay yeah um so it is something very big to me i think it can be fixed a little simpler than chronic depression Mm -hmm. because um like you know it's going to come Like, you know, it's going to happen. You know, you're going to experience this. You know, you're going to get a little bit more sad when the time changes and it gets dark at six o'clock now and not at 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. So um, what I do is I love to journal, love to journal. Journaling is probably one of my favorite things. I kind of do the journaling where uh, I have one journal for positive and then I have one journal for negative. And like as soon as... Yeah. As soon as I'm like, I will write negative, like, like I give myself five minutes to write negative thoughts, like 10 minutes to write positive. Okay. And as soon as I'm done writing that negative, I rip it out, throw it away. I don't keep it. It's gone. I throw it in the trash can. I'll burn it. I'll do something profound. Like I'll make it a big girl ceremony, but like, it's not (laughs) something I hold on to sure, because it's full release of thoughts and emotions and feelings. And that is something that, You know, it's winter. You're not outside. You're in the house. You're watching TV. You're probably getting triggered and a little sad because you're watching a new series. Like you're limited on what you can do. It gets dark at six Mm -hmm. (laughs) o'clock. I think time change is really crazy that that is a thing. But
0: Another uh, topic for another (laughs)
2: day. Yeah, a little segue. Um, So I think knowing what works best for you Mm -hmm. Um, and it definitely took me a lot of winters to figure out what works best for me. Something that I've added into my coping mechanisms, especially since my dad passed away, has been Mm -hmm. working out, like taking care of myself, eating right, like not putting crappy food into my body, so my Mm -hmm. body can be strong and my body can be, you know, healthy. Um, I go to a therapist. I have gone to therapy since I was twenty years old. I. Go once a week. I love therapy. I can't. I, there's nothing I love more than plopping myself down <laughs> on my therapist's couch once a week, every Wednesday at eight thirty, and just unloading all my problems <laughs> on my counselor. Like it is something that helps me a lot. I know a lot of people cannot get to those resources, and I know sometimes people cannot afford those resources. So I am very blessed
1: mm-hmm. that
2: I've been able to provide for myself a chance to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. for the past five years um so that is something that if you can do it do it 100 percent. something that if you can't do it there are smaller coping mechanisms like breathing um something that i just recently had to do because i've been struggling with sleeping especially since it's gotten a little colder mm-hmm. is i listen to a podcast so the podcast is called relaxing sleep noises okay. and it's just like this whole slew of different podcasts that just are white noise and it's oh, so on cool. spotify Probably pretty sure it's on Apple too. Uh, so, like, listen to things. Um, if you can't use therapy, if you can't afford that, if you don't have the if you don't even have the time for therapy, I'm not going to say that because there is telehealth now. Yeah, you can yep. do therapy yep. over the phone. But also, again, therapy is not the cheapest thing. I'm not angry at that. I mean, I would pay someone any kind of amount of money they wanted to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> that's just my mindset on it but i know some people can't do that and i wish it was a more free and available service 100 um but journaling exercising um like being accountable find yourself an accountability partner Mm -hmm. like have picked that one friend like you're married so like you could be Mm -hmm. your partner your spouse your wife um like rely on them to not no i'm not gonna say rely use them to keep yourself accountable, you exactly. know, like check in with them. Be like, Hey, today I felt this, like, don't dump all that onto them. Cause they're also, you know, probably mm-hmm. experiencing some slight form of seasonal affective disorder. Uh, so like having an accountability partner, someone that you can go to when you feel a little too much at one time. Um, but I think journaling has been honestly one of the besides journaling and like physical activity, Mm -hmm. Uh, and i've only incorporated physical activity since i've been experiencing grief um but like my grief went into sad because Mm -hmm. it was winter um but like journaling and do like what i said like i'll like make your have a positive one have a negative and just trash that negative every single time you're done with it let all that out throw it away go to the positive think positive you know build yourself back up you just let out everything you Needed to let out now, take everything you need to take in, and um, you know, use mindful thinking, ground yourself. Like, you know, what's that little trick they do the stop method where you stop, think, options, pursue? Yeah, like if you're feeling overwhelmed, stop, think about what's going on, make your options, and then pursue which option is going to work best for you. And if it's with depression, like, obviously, you'd be like, stop what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Think about what you're experiencing. Lay out your options. See a doctor, nurse, you know, a psychiatric nurse practitioner, whatever. Consider meds. You can also take like vitamins.
0: I was gonna say crazy if you thing don't,
2: called vitamins.
0: Yeah, if you don't mind me hopping <laughs> yeah. in here. Um, no, hop in. So thinking about the vitamins, um, like what you're saying about the sun and everything, I do want a lot of my background is in supplements and things like that, and I do want to say, am I breaking up? By the way. No, no, no. Good. Okay, good. Okay, so yeah, I
2: can hear
0: you well. a couple of things to think about too. And like, there is definitely a scientific side behind seasonal affective disorder. Um, obviously you need, honestly, I think it's a big combination of, of the thing of, you know, coping mechanisms. And also I love how you mentioned like the physical activity, like is in the food, like all that stuff, being someone that suffers with mental illness, we need to give ourselves the best chance to yes. attack it and deal with it and if you just sit and eat like shit and don't take care of yourself or even give yourself it kind of comes back to like the praying thing like you're not just gonna be like pray oh i hope i feel better tomorrow you have to do something and um you do the work yeah exactly and the vitamin you're talking about it's it's actually uh, it's vitamin d3 and it's what we get from the sun and
2: yeah
0: honestly one thing i really recommend it to everybody if you're dealing with any set, uh, any sort of depression, have your doctor run a blood test for vitamin D three. It's
2: absolutely that's and, very smart.
0: Yes, and get the results because they will honestly that you might be on the low end, and they might say like, "Oh, you're okay." Now, there's ranges. Like, do your yeah. own research, but there's people that you know you go in like the healthy range. Let's just whatever. I'm not going to go there. You need like if we're not getting sunlight. I mean, let's let's get. De- Seasonal depression, even out of it. If you're inside all day, like everyone was for the last two years, your body's not getting that D three. The D three is what converts to serotonin. So yeah, so you like just
2: broke up a bunch.
0: Yeah, so the D three basically converts. It's actually a hormone. Can you hear me now better? Yeah. So yes, it's yes, it, yes. that's what's well. Without D three, we can't even really produce serotonin. So, like, if you're someone that is struggling and maybe you've been on SSRIs and, like, looking into D3 is definitely not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea at all. I mean, it's not going to, if you're someone that maybe you get a yearly blood test or something, have them, hey, you check my D3 as well? Because you hear, I mean, there's people, like, for me, I was in, like, the single digits at one point, And
1: you're wow. supposed
0: to be, I mean, like, they say, like, 20 to 40 or something like that, whatever it is. And optimal might even be more than that, but you can just take you can take it like it's a supplement. It's cheap. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. And you for can the buy doctor- it in bulk. Yeah, I've got like it's not like it's
2: ten pills. You can get like three hundred and sixty pills,
0: dude. Yeah, and it's, and it's mainstream <laughs> now. Like now, I'll yeah. tell you this: it's gonna say like bone health on it, but it's it's more than that. Yeah. That's what that's what sells. But it's like you know there there's so many options. Like I love the combination. Like I. I started noticing myself when I started taking my D3 and I feel a lot better. You know, I feel a lot better. And um, same thing goes with that. If you don't want to go that route, you can do like the, like the light, like the lights. You have seen like the lights that produce like UV.
2: Oh yeah. Mimics
0: the sun. Yeah. Like those are cheap. Like there's options out there. Um
2: There's lots of options. Oh yeah. You, you just have to put in the work to find out what works best for you. Exactly. And I think that's why, people go to medicine so quickly because there is a lot of trial and error in Mm -hmm. mental wellness and it is annoying i've been through a million and one coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. i mean from good to bad i have done it all um but like when i found something that worked for me i took it i didn't stop looking for things Mm -hmm. i just knew like oh that's that's one that's going to help me Mm -hmm. i i built it it's kind of like um like if you're playing a video game like okay so i've been playing kingdom hearts 3 well i just beat it but uh like congratulations
1: congratulations
2: i literally (laughs) first of all i never beat a single kingdom hearts game in my 25 (laughs) years of life whooped the ass of my ps4 so i bought myself a brand new switch to like just take it all in (laughs) and uh because that shit was hard also it was a full-blown production i forgot it was a movie (laughs) 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 and uh so like uh, what was I say? oh so like you know like when you build char- your characters up on video games like you mm-hmm. you have to have like all this stuff for them to need like that's what we need to survive as people with mental illness and with seasonal affective disorder everyone has that mm-hmm. you're not you're not special like you're not like slim feel like everyone's going to experience that because that's just how time change works when they mm-hmm. change the clocks around that's what happens and it's winter and it's cold like it's not sunny and breezy and so you really have to be self-aware. You need to know what your needs are. You have to know how you're going to get those needs and what kind of expression that you're going to follow through with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure vitamin C is also a really good yep. vitamin that helps with mental health um, and also really good for COVID. Um, but uh, <laughs> And there's actual serotonin.
0: <laughs> are you sure about that? <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
2: Oh, um,
0: vitamin C serotonin. being good for the immune system. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah,
2: I don't know about that. Is orange, orange is good? Like, can you drink orange juice and just be fine? Sure. Um, but there is actually yeah, you could seriously. People used to die from scurvy, and it was because they lacked vitamin C. Yeah, <laughs> they would be like underneath the boats, and they wouldn't see the sun or whatever. Yep. Um, I think that's what scurvy was. Yeah. That's what it was. yeah they
0: weren't yeah whatever
2: <laughs> they weren't having enough sunlight so their body shut down uh but like there's also like very holistic methods of um mental wellness
1: mm-hmm.
2: and they i couldn't tell i haven't tried any i know some people that have them for all the wrong reasons but there are actual like serotonin vitamins you can get that like Mm -hmm. increase your serotonin production. I don't know if I do that because my serotonin is already whacked out with my brain chemistry.
0: I could speak on that a little bit. Um, So firstly, if you are taking an SSRI um, antidepressant, do not take anything that's going to increase your serotonin um, naturally. I mean, talk to your doctor because there is such thing called serotonin syndrome and yeah, that should could literally kill you. So like,
2: if you it, don't die from it, you're gonna want to. So, yeah, like, like
0: yeah. So just be careful.
2: It's awful.
0: But our it's body makes serotonin. Yeah, our body makes serotonin. So like, this was. I mean, it's not like a journey of mine. It's like figuring out what what ways to work to increase our neurotransmitters like that. And there's yeah. so many different things. I mean, it's it's a natural thing. So it's like figuring out how to increase it. Um, not that I'm anti meds. I've been. I mean. I'm not on meds today, but that doesn't mean I wasn't on meds two months ago or, you know what I yeah. mean? Like it's,
1: yeah. No. So I'm
0: not anti, I'm just saying like, you know, it goes back to like what you're saying about the video games. It's like we, through life and through experiences, we build like this toolbox of everything that yes. works for us, doesn't work for us. And like you said, if something does work for you, like it doesn't work for you, it doesn't mean it's end all be all. Um... I'll even just say this about D3. Like we were just talking about it. People take, people take like 200, it's called like IUs, up to like 20,000, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's dangerous levels if you're not low, but like today I took more and I, if I fucked up, like I felt like overstimulated, I felt bad, you know, but I learned from it. I know that I need to go down, you know, like that's the thing. It's like, this journey with mental health is a—it's it, your whole life. You know, it's an
2: absolute journey. It's not a race. There, it's like, um, someone kind of told me this about grief because I never experienced grief in my life before until November. Uh, mm-hmm. They told me to stop looking at grief as a race, and they're like, look at it as like a marathon where like it's never going to end. But there's going to be mile markers that you're going to celebrate. And there's also going to be mile markers that are going to break your heart. And that's the same thing that living with mental illness is. You are going to have celebrations and mm-hmm. then you're going to have falls. And I haven't been on an SSRI since 2019. Okay. And I don't knock medicine. Mm-hmm. I literally run, I I work in an entire company that like one of my proudest things is that we provide resources and money and funds to get people on like their medicine that you need Mm -hmm. and um but I just like I got off from my SSRI because I was like I'm young I was 22 at the time so I was like I stayed on it for about a year and uh I got well and then I realized that I needed to learn what worked for me and what didn't and I went on Mm -hmm. an entire self-journey and You know, like some people don't experience that until, you know, they might be in their forties. They're lucky enough to like, you know, live well until it happens then. Um, I mean, there are resources, there are things, there are just like a, like just so much that you can do for yourself. And I think why people struggle with mental health the most is because no one knows who the hell they are and like no one knows what they need and
1: mm-hmm.
2: no one goes on that journey and you like I always tell people about mental health like I'm not trying to beat mental health I'm just trying to survive it and that's an accomplishment for me like mm-hmm. if I survive a bad day I feel freaking amazing
1: yeah. like
2: I don't need to I don't need to beat a bad day I just need to survive it And I need to be there for myself and I need to like not be so hard on myself i'm gonna have Mm -hmm. days where i don't want to get out of bed i'm gonna have days where by two hours into work i've already had three anxiety attacks and i've been crying in the bathroom like i'm gonna have those days but i'm also gonna get back up and i'm gonna go back into my office and i'm gonna go back into my life and i'm gonna conquer it because like you said it's like you don't beat mental illness you don't beat it Mm -hmm. and um you just live with it. You survive with it. It just becomes like your bad angel on one shoulder. And the good angel is all the things that you build up, your toolbox. Yep. And so like, it's just, I don't know. I i think, uh, well, first of all, I want to say, I didn't know you weren't on the medicine anymore. That's awesome. Oh, How has you. that um, transition been?
0: Honestly, it's been um, very up and down. Um, yes. You know, just honestly, to speak on that, if you are someone you know that's been, I so I've been, I mean I took medicine when I was like eighteen, didn't really know what I was doing, wasn't taking it right, so that doesn't really count for me. But like the last like six years, it's kind of been like on and off, um, things like that. But for me, I mean the withdrawals can be horrendous. I mean, you know it's, you might get off it because of some side effects you're having, but you need to realize that I see realistically the next four to six weeks to eight weeks, you're going to feel fucking worse than you did when you were on it, you know, but like, for me, I do like, for me, that for me, the reason why I got off on this, like completely honest is the side effects were outweighing the good for me. Um, at that mm. time, um, the emotional numbness that it gave me was not for it. It, it became too much. Um, yeah, and it's not, it's not all like that. It's not, there's some people that, they start taking a medication and they're, they're feel great and they're good. You know, it's just different. So I'm not saying this to scare people away because meds probably saved my life at, at times. Um, because sometimes meds, when you take them, you're able to kind of, it gets you at a baseline where you can actually function yes. and then start learning. Like, honestly, like that's how I built up my toolbox was okay. Now I feel like I, now I can function because I wasn't able to do anything. You know, I was, Yeah,
1: scared.
0: and it's not like, again, it's not like I'm anti it. I just don't feel like I needed it today. And I want to try. And honestly, we are trying to start a family. And part of it was that, and I was like, you know, if, if we're going to start that, try that, I want to try getting off of it. And it's, it's a journey. It's like, okay, now you got to go back into like, okay, gotta get the supplements, right. We got to, we got to exercise. We got to journal. We got to do all these things because you can't just rely on that medication anymore. Yeah. Um, but I still have an issue with serotonin because of, you know,
2: your brain chemistry.
0: Exactly. It's just my brain chemistry. So it's like finding ways to increase it where my baseline is better. You know, that's kind of it for me. It's like, I've, I've accepted it. My wife's accepted it. You know, everyone accepts it that like, this is who I am. Um, But if I can get to a point where I'm able to function, which, you know, I'm functioning, we're good, but like, I'll tell you two days ago, I woke up and I was just bawling my eyes out, you know, like it, it just, it still hits you. And like, yeah, but I will say I was able to cry. So it's like, you know, like, and I wasn't able to do that before. So it's like, honestly, I know I'm kind of going back and forth, but that's how it is. Like they you weigh, you, you weigh your options and uh, yeah. things like that. No. So.
2: Well, shout out to you for being you know aware with what you need i kind of have the same experience with Mm -hmm. medicine like i used my medicine to get me to that baseline Mm -hmm. that like plateau of healthiness and then i incorporated things daily that i knew would keep me at that baseline and of course you know not being on medicine for almost three years now Mm -hmm. has like i have awful days but i get to experience those days and i get to conquer them with you know, on my own and with the toolbox that I've created. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was young when I experienced this. So I would say it happened probably quicker than it would for someone who experiencing this in their like late forties for the first time, it would probably Mm -hmm. be a little tougher. I'd imagine. Actually, I know. Um, Because like, I mean, it's easy for me to be active and it's easy for me to Mm -hmm. be uh around my friends and if I am at home too much it's easy for me to just escape to one of my friend's apartments like it's easy for me to do all these things where if I was like married with kids I would only have like certain aspects of where I could do it and so I think that's what it is and I'm not I'm not knocking medicine one day I know I'm gonna yeah. have to get back on medicine for the rest of my life like I know that like once I get to like 50 or 60 and I don't have like the availability to take care of myself the way I need to um then well I'll be retired by then so maybe I'll be happy I don't know (laughs) maybe it will just that's
0: how that's how it works right (laughs) no yeah that's (laughs) how
2: it works (laughs) (laughs) just be happy sorry that's a shit thing to say
0: doesn't those people tell you that hey just be happy Chance. you'll be all right oh yeah that's all they're saying oh
2: Oh, you're sad Well, just smile
0: you've nothing to be sad about (laughs) Yeah, what are you said about when I was your age, I fought yeah. in a war? Yeah. Good for, good for you.
2: Thank you. Shout out to you, sir. Right. But, like, not my fault.
0: Nope. Hey, before but, we before we yeah, get into I our think, last yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead.
2: No, I didn't I don't know what I was about to say. I guess you were gonna ask a question, so I was just gonna like. No, that's a good question. question. Yeah,
0: you know, before we kind of start wrapping things up, um is there anything like any just advice you'd give anyone out there that's struggling?
1: Um,
2: my number one advice I'd give is like n- not to feel alone. And like, I would reassure them that like everyone around you is struggling, no matter if they show it well or not. Mm. Um, you're not alone. You're hurting. Everyone around you is hurting. Um, and so don't be so hard on yourself. Take a step back ground yourself do some mindful thinking love yourself and that creates an environment a space in your head to kind of prioritize your needs and that's when you can start developing coping mechanisms um ask for help everyone might think that this national suicide hotline is for when you're on the brink of you know completing suicide but Mm -hmm. no they can get you the help they need right then and there they can reach out call any nami around you they have a warm line like we have a warm line that you could call at any time and it's my cell phone i'll pick up you can talk to me but like like, um so like reach out for what you need don't be scared to ask um so many more people than you think are suffering just like you are Mm -hmm. so don't ever downplay it don't ever lessen it and always 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 ask for what you need because it can be provided 100%. Absolutely. Like I'm pretty sure you can go to any nurse practitioner these days and get any kind of psych drug you need.
0: No you can. That's um Yeah. I have definitely been prescribed from a, a practitioner like years ago. I, mean, I finally went to a psychiatrist which Yeah. I'd recommend if you can if you can.
2: Yeah. They and you can go know. to a yes. psychiatric nurse practitioner. Exactly. Like they have a lot like it's really like don't be afraid to go and you're going to meet some pretty amazing people in those mm-hmm. environments because like no one goes into mental health and they're shitty. I tell people, I tell my clients all the time, never ever be afraid to ask for what you mean because someone out there is going to be able to provide it in a way that will help you live better.
0: Absolutely. I think that's, yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. That's the goal with honestly like this channel with everything it's, Accept the anxiety or whatever it is, mental illness, and let's figure out a way to live the best life we can with it and, you know, yeah, go absolutely. after what we want. Um, one part two is obviously like the ambition part. You know, you're someone who has been through a lot um, and is now in a predominant role at NAMI. Um, what's, and we kind of touched on it, but what's, what's like your big, your, the goals, your big goals for Chance?
2: Um my big goal is to get my master's. Um yeah and kind of like get in so like right now I work purely group setting. Okay. Like I'm not licensed. I get trained through NAMI. So I'm not just like blowing smoke up people's butts. Like I know what I'm doing and it's structured. But like I don't get to give advice. I don't get to like answer questions unless they're like generic questions. I just affirm and support. And I want to get into a space where I can give you what you need fully. Mm-hmm. I don't have to just like affirm you and build you up. Instead I'm gonna give you the tools to what because I can, you know, I can evaluate you. I can do these things now once I get my license. Mm-hmm. So I think honestly just like if I was just in a treatment facility or even just like a regular counseling center, just day in and day out, just listening to people and just like letting them just um like load all their problems. But my goal for NAMI, um which I don't know if I'd ever be able to give up NAMI because I love it a lot. Um, It's just to provide for my community. I know I talked a lot of crap on Louisiana and this podcast, Um, (laughs) probably because I'm far left, but uh, I really do love the people here. Some of them are, but the ones that I love and the ones that need my help Mm. day in and day out, are people that deserve it even if you're a crap person you still deserve help no one should suffer from mental illness alone and so i just want to be able to provide for my community and i want to create open environments and i want to allow space for men to talk about their feelings
1: mm-hmm. and i want
2: stereotypes to be stepped on and i want stigmas to be thrown out the door and i want all these radical changes to happen you probably won't but no um
1: <laughs>
2: no that's was... <laughs> But uh, that's what I want. I just want mental health to be a priority. Absolutely, that's like my number one goal. And I know if I do that for myself, I can lead by example, and that's all I try to do until awesome. I can't do it no more.
0: But at that point, you've you've you know impacted so many people. That's going to just you know compound, and I think that's, yeah, that, that, that's a huge part. It's it take it takes people like you and people like me you know they're just even talking about it because it gets someone else to talk about it and someone else you know chain reaction absolutely absolutely like yeah men
2: talking about their feelings like i think it's very awesome that you have anxious ambition
0: Mm -hmm. um being
2: a straight white man who comes on here and talks about his feelings and his struggles like that is extremely freaking rare like that is so rare and it's like so needed, and it's there's just like I, I applaud you. I thank you, always am proud of you, Justin 100%. Likewise,
1: like you man, you do
2: the damn thing. But uh, I think to create chain reactions, you have to speak up and you have mm-hmm. to speak out, and that's just the only way to do it, and that's the only way to kind of make america sound mentally sound make america sound again <laughs> america.
0: <laughs> How did, as you teed it up teed it up for yourself all right so i want to get into our last couple questions um going back to was it junior year when you were at your lowest point uh with depression yeah what if you can go back talk to yourself give yourself some advice what, what would you say or do
2: um i would Sit myself down. um, And I would literally just,
1: I would just tell myself that, like, everything you're experiencing isn't
2: something that, like, should control your life the way you're letting it. There was a lot of let happening in those days and I think that's what everyone experiences in their beginning stages Mm -hmm. of experiencing mental illness and I would tell myself to be more proactive and I would tell myself that it's okay to ask for help quicker than it took and like it took my literal roommate calling my parents and Mm -hmm. telling them that I was struggling like I would have told myself to reach out and because I had every and every asset at my disposal like I had it all I was even in therapy at the time and I just like wasn't like I would I would tell myself to be authentic like I would tell myself to be easier on myself at that time I was freaking out that I was graduating a semester late like I would tell myself all these things about don't rush growing up like mm-hmm. you think you have the whole world in your hand like you don't even know what is to come and I mean that was only three years ago but <laughs> like so but at the same time but at the same time, I would tell myself that you're okay and that you're normal and that you're not the only person experiencing this right now. And every person you're looking at around you that you are so jealous that they wake up wanting to live and you wake up mad <laughs> that you survived the night, um, that you need help and you need to go get it. And you don't need to be ashamed of that. And you don't need to listen to stigmas and stereotypes that are being placed around you, especially living in the South. Um, but mostly I would just tell myself to let myself be loved. And if I, you know, would have done that quicker, got on medicine, faster, taken the steps to get healthier, I would have learned at a younger age how to let people love me. Period, point blank. Because now it's not a problem to let my friends love me in my mental journey. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. a problem at all. Like, if I don't, if I'm having a bad day, I'm expressing it to my friends, Like. every single time never fails and they do a beautiful job um but yeah I would tell myself to be nicer to myself easier on myself um that I was not alone and that no matter if it came back or if it didn't go away I was going to pull through because at that time I didn't think I was going to pull through I didn't really want to to be honest Hard to uh, think it's hard to uh, think like that that's I'd also amazing. slap myself around.
1: Yeah, it's a little. <laughs> be like, get your shit
2: together.
0: <laughs> hey, you know that's amazing it's amazing advice, fun. though. It's like every like that's very like anyone could take that advice. You know. Yeah. We, we all kind of need that kick in the ass, that real that that realization that like, hey, you're gonna be okay, but you have to, you know, take that step. And if yeah. you can't get the help, like you know, in your situation, I think it's super common too. Is when you're in that deep deep of a depression it is hard to get help it is hard to want to to do it but you have you know you, you had your roommates to, to kind of help you know kick you in the right direction and
2: well oh, it's more betrayal but it's fine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: okay, no, I, it. I, I, I joke with him about that to right.
2: this day, but like he literally saved my life exactly so, like steven if you're listening to this you're a real run love you bud Hey, like see, and, sorry. but and, um...
0: hey, yeah if you're but and if you and if you are like if you are the friend that sees you know your your your, your buddy or whatever family member struggling you know if it gets to no a part like what you know where you were where you were at it's don't be afraid to make that call you know to yeah. get them the help that they need and it, like you said you, you might they might fucking hate you for it but it'll yeah. and i'm sure you and did I've... at the time
2: oh my gosh yes it was like really bad i mm. and to this day i literally apologize to you. i'm like hey i'm sorry i acted like such a freaking brat like sure for, all you were trying to do was save my life Like, i'm mm. sorry i overreacted and yeah, yelled at right. you and made you cry like, <laughs> but like and to the like to this day i guess um i think it's very funny uh when i'm in situations with some of like n- like my friends mm-hmm. if they get to a place where they're very depressed and they say heavy things i'm like i'm not the one to say that too i call a wellness check right now like mm-hmm. i don't play because i know that like it could take a matter of seconds for someone to express how they're feeling to actually act on it right. so like for something we do with nami as a PNT, a play method in time and okay. that's kind of how you gauge whether someone is like how close they are to actually acting on the thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, like you don't just ask them, like you have to like kind of just listen to them and they'll kind of like let it out a little by little and little and little and little. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of times where I'm off the clock and my friends call me and they're like, Hey, one of my buddies is really struggling and he or she is saying some very heavy things. And I'm like, all right, I'll call the police and get a wellness check. And they'll get a custody hold and they'll go to the hospital for 72 hours where they'll be evaluated And because like, you might hate them. Right. But guess what? They're going to leave that hospital in 72 hours knowing so much more about themselves than they would have ever done
1: mm-hmm. if
2: they had acted on an impulse of wanting to end their life. Right. And I was having a very beautiful conversation with one of my friends who is a therapist right now. Um, and I kind of asked her and I was like, how do you handle like hearing some of your clients have like passed away from completion of suicide?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And she was like, oh. she was like, I get sad. She was like, and I have empathy towards him. And she was like, and i have sympathy. And I was like, same. And I was like, but how do I respond to people who only feel anger towards them? And I'm not glorifying it. I'm not saying it's okay. Mm -hmm. but until you've been in someone's shoes like that you know that like you can't be angry and it breaks my heart to this day that like people suffer that badly to where their only choice is this is what this is how the pain stops and that's that mindset you need to know about suicide is that it's not a selfish act of taking your own life to make someone miserable it is the overwhelming psychosis state of only knowing that death is the way out
1: mm-hmm. it is
2: not chosen it is literally a actual i don't know if it's a brain disorder or not but psychosis would be yeah. um so like i think like in order to prevent suicide suicide needs to be talked more as something more open than as a guilty don't do this or you'll hurt everyone around you
0: all right, hey Chance. So, if people if people wanted to find you, get a hold of you, how how could they do that?
2: Um. Okay. Well, my name is Chance Savant. S-A-V-A-N-T. Chance, like probability. Uh, just Google that, and you'll find me on any social media. Uh, you could easily message me on any social media platform, and I would gladly, without a doubt, give you my cell phone if you ever need someone to talk to. You could visit NAMI in AMI, Southwest Louisiana (SWLA). Um, we have Facebooks, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, we have it all. We don't have a TikTok because why would we? Uh, but, like, <laughs> but uh, seriously, like I, if anyone is listening right now, know that you could text me at any hour of the day. You could literally message and ask on. The comments for my number and i would give it to you i love to listen to people talk i love to hear people's hearts um i'm not a licensed therapist yet so like don't get me sued mm-hmm. but at the same time you always have a shoulder to cry on you always have a friend to have in me and so literally look me up anywhere i'm on all social media my instagram is chance Square savall My Twitter is Savon underscore chance. Uh, My Snapchat is C Savon. Literally get in touch with me anyway. Yeah, you you find it. Yeah. My like, you can call my office, which is 337-439-0219. I'm not going to say my cell phone.
0: (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that.
2: But your Tumblr. Ask for my cell phone if you need it. 100%. But I'm not going to post that on YouTube.
0: (laughs) You got Tumblr, isn't that your your age?
2: Oh, I haven't. I don't have Tumblr anymore. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't even remember my Tumblr. I could never work. I never Tumblr. had it. I never had my, it. my MySpace. I could even tell you what that was. My mom. I was very young when MySpace was. I was gonna say. Was around, so my, yeah. My mom did not allow me to have my face on MySpace. So it was just a meme. Mean... Classic. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> my mom didn't want me to get datelined which I understand. <laughs>
0: jesus all right hey last question a little more serious what's up okay how do you want to be remembered
2: a freaking icon i want to be a legend (laughs) i want like seriously i know that i have a heart and a mind that is capable of radically changing the world and um I just, I want to be remembered for helping people. I want to be remembered for having a servant's heart. I want to be remembered for being a great friend. Um, I want to be remembered for giving amazing TED talks in my forties when I have like a PhD and like I oh, have yeah. all these things. Like I just want to make a difference in this world. That's how I want to be remembered. And it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be like Bill Gates discovering mm-hmm. the internet. It literally simply just has to be. I don't know if he even discovered the internet, but um, yeah. It could just be providing services to the people in my community. Like I just I want to be remembered for helping people.
0: That's awesome. Well, you're already doing that. So I just want to say keep it up. And um, you know, also wanna say if you're out there and you're struggling, like NAMI is such an amazing resource you know, it doesn't matter your economic background, you know, it's, it's, it's all free. If you're, if you're struggling, if you're, if you're listening to this because you've got you know a spouse or a child that's struggling or a friend, like this is the perfect resource for you. You know, it, it's for I mean, like you said, it's not just for people that are struggling, it's for their families to learn. And that's an excellent resource. Like I said, I mean, you can Google all you want, but don't you, you know, hearing firsthand experiences, it, it's an amazing thing. Um, because we talked about earlier too, like with therapy, like it, it can be costly. Uh, you know, NAMI can be just a good, you know, first step. Um, also too, just to kind of, I know you mentioned the therapy thing and I've said it on here before. It's don't let that be an excuse for you too, when it comes to the price. Um, you know, there are sliding scales, people that, you know, charge you based on salary and things like that. Um, yeah. If you're religious, you can go to your church. Um, I, I mean, they may not be the best person for it i mean they're not trained on it you know Is what i'm saying but um, there's always someone out there to listen to if you're in school if you're in college normally there's a free free therapy uh, counseling Counseling. yeah
2: catholics out there if you're listening all you catholics um every diocese will have a shout out to the catholics in the room um (laughs) every diocese <laughs> Hope you weren't listening to the first half. um Every diocese will have a licensed therapist, therapist, therapist as a priest. Like one really? of the priests of the diocese will be a licensed therapist. Yes, oh, yes.
0: I never knew that. A therap yeah. thera- priest.
2: A therapist girl, get into it.
0: <laughs> I guarantee that's someone's Instagram handle.
2: A therapist I'm about to change that to my Instagram handle. You go. Everyone, go follow me. You're gonna get ordained. Thera-
0: <laughs> I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's even the right terms. Nah, I don't care. Let's take the Who cares. No, you get your
2: vows or where is Is it vows? I don't know. I don't remember. Whatever. I suppressed all that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. On that note, everybody, honestly, Hey Chance, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for being open, vulnerable, you know, you, helping people, you know, what you're doing is it's amazing. We need more people like that. Um, especially men, you know, um, like you mentioned like the 70% women thing. I mean, if I look at my analytics, it's the same thing, you know, it's 70% women. Um, But honestly, since doing this year, this whole season has been just male, male guests. And yeah. So, yeah. So the support has been amazing. I've heard from a lot of people um, just saying thank you. And that, because more and more people need to talk and without people like you to come on the show and speak their truth, um, it wouldn't be possible. So Thank Thank you, you. Chance. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And until next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Anxious Ambition podcast. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Follow us on Instagram at Anxious Ambition. You can actually watch this podcast over on YouTube. Lastly, check out our website, anxiousambition.com, where we have all of our merch. And a portion of every sale is donated to NAMI. And it helps support the individuals and their families who are suffering from mental illness. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, take it easy.
1: You're anxious. Ambition.